Hello and welcome back to Warrior Walker. We're so glad you joined us. We hope that you're safe. And if you need assistance in getting to safety or you know of a loved one who does, please do not hesitate to call the National Center for Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. So today's podcast episode topic is called The Holidays. Um, so this podcast episode slash channel, um, as you know in the description, is a Christian channel. And um, while we welcome everyone, um, we are unapologetic, unapologetically um, faithful to the Bible, the Holy Bible, the Word of God, and believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Messiah, God, God the Father's one and only begotten Son, and that um, whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. And these are based on scriptures out of the Bible of John three sixteen, etc. Um, with that being said. We do celebrate um, some holidays that go along with Christianity. And so when I'm talking about the holidays, I am referring specifically to the current time frame, which is um, yesterday was actually Thanksgiving Day for us here in the United States of America. And um, I'm referring to the holidays as this time from yesterday, basically, all the way through Christmas Day and when we celebrate Christmas Day, I should say, which is December 25th every year annually, um, and all the way up through New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, which is January 1st. So that's what I mean when I refer to the holidays. So I just thought I would um, kind of establish that little, like, um, I guess, kind of definition, if you will, of, of when... I'm referring, what I'm referring to and when I'm referring to as the holidays, so to speak. And so um, I, I know there are other holidays that are celebrated by other religions. I'm fully aware of that. Um, I respect that. But um, with this channel being a biblical channel and following um, God's word, God's holy word, and, and what I believe in personally, and especially because of all that God's done for me in my life, um, which is uh, a lot and, and taken me out of um, evil worldly circumstances, um, I believe it to be the true inspired word of God. And um, that's what I base this podcast on. And so um, because that's where I'm coming from, that's what I've studied, learned and experienced throughout my life. Um, and I've tested that, but that's not the topic. That's just the background. So when I refer to the holidays, I'm referring to the time specifically from around Thanksgiving time to around Christmas time and just after really ending around New Year's Day. Um, so the holidays, uh, and I'm fully aware this is just other topics on side notes that we're not going to, we're not going to address right now. But I'm fully aware that, you know, there are different camps of thought and fields of thought where, well, why do we celebrate Jesus' birth? He wasn't born on December 25th. I don't want to get into all of that right now. This is 
um, a podcast, as you know, that is um, centered and focused on um, helping domestic violence victims, and specifically and especially women victims of domestic violence, because I am a woman myself. So I can relate more because I am a woman. I am a female. I am a lady. So um, with all of that being said, um, this podcast episode, I feel God is leading me to talk about the holidays as they relate to domestic violence. And this may be a fairly short episode, um, but unfortunately, and statistically speaking again, um, a lot of domestic violence incidences have historically occurred and continue to occur around the holidays. And I personally think and believe that that has a lot to do with the stress that's around the holidays. Um, The first thing people always think of is financial stress because a lot of people are financially stressed, especially around the holidays. And it seems like, it feels like a lot of people... um, And we all go through it off and on um, because we're all human. But a lot of people, it seems, struggle financially during the regular year. And so when the holidays come around, it seems to exacerbate the situation. Because I think a lot of people still nowadays, sometimes people put gift giving above um, like Uh, budgeting or being frugal or being logical, um, being more rational with our decisions. And, you know, I think especially in our American culture, our North American culture, I think that a lot of us were raised and grew up with and grew up around an environment, not only with our family members, but with the media, um, with society around us, um, kids, especially in school, see all this. A lot of us grew up with this idea of Christmas that you have to get gifts for other people and for each other, and you have to give and receive gifts. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, um, Gary Chapman says in his book, The Five Love Languages, which are the main five, um, you know, that one of them is gift giving. And so that's a love language. It's actually my top love language, but I haven't been able to use it a lot for many years um, because, you know, for various reasons. But anyway, and I choose to use it um, frugally and wisely, but um, gift giving, there's nothing wrong with enjoying giving gifts and there's nothing wrong with uh, with enjoying receiving gifts. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is we have kind of become more commercialized and so... I think a lot of times some families think and feel like they have to give gifts and not just gifts, but like really grandiose or expensive or really super nice gifts. Um, I think we've kind of lost the meaning of it and the thoughtfulness behind it. And it's the thought that counts. But a lot of times some families think they have to give these gifts and these big, expensive, important, meaningful gifts, um, whether they can afford it or not to show someone that they love or care about them. And um, my father, bless his heart, I love him dearly. He's got some great qualities. One of them is not being frugal at Christmas time. (laughs) 
And I remember when I was in college, my father pulled me aside one day and had a little talk with me and said to me, basically, he said, look, you're an adult now. You can't get small little gifts anymore for people for Christmas. You have to get really nice, meaningful gifts. You know, and bless his heart, I know he was trying to help me so that people wouldn't look at me like, wow, why did you get me this chintzy gift, right? But for me, the gifts were all about the meaning behind them, you know? And so um, I'm going to get off t- off topic slightly just for a second here. The absolute most meaningful, one of the most meaningful gifts I've ever gotten. There was one from my son as well. Um, but the absolute most meaningful gift I've ever gotten was actually from my father. And just real briefly, um, what had happened was my grandmother, his mother, who was my best friend and was really like a mother to me, um, I had gotten my grandma a book called Reflections from a Mother's Heart. And it was like a journal. It was beautiful. It was like this Christian journal thing where, um, you know, it it was like a kind of a cream colored on the front with um, pink and different colored flowers. And on the inside, the sheets were cream with pink lines. It just was really pretty, you know, and um, each page had a question for reflection for her to answer. And it was to leave a keepsake and a memory of her and her life. And I sat down with that. I bought that book. I gave it as a gift to my grandmother and I sat down with her. I asked her to write in it and um, she did for a little bit, I think. But then I kind of took over and I sat down and I would ask her questions and she would answer them. Or wait a minute. No, that's not right. Actually, she was filling it out. That's right. She was filling it out. And I, I must have mentioned it to my father, although I don't remember doing that, but I had to have. Anyway, I I apologize. She, I didn't sit with her. She sat and wrote it and she, unbeknownst to me, she was already about halfway through the book through writing her answers to those questions in the book. And they were just beautiful reflections. Like, you know, what was life like for you growing up to questions like, you know, what advice would you give your great granddaughter if you were with her when she were alive or something like that, you know, just a really beautiful like collection of not only memories, but wisdom and knowledge and advice, a collection of it from her. And I just, I wanted to encapsulize that because she kept talking to me about, you know, I'm getting older. I'm not going to be around much longer. And I I was in denial. I didn't want to hear about it. So I got her this book to just kind of not, not have to deal with it, but to honor her and her memory and to um, get all I could from her down on paper to remember her by before hopefully it wasn't too late, you know? So unfortunately she filled although she was able to fill out about half of it, she had a massive stroke and was completely paralyzed on one side and couldn't write anymore. Um, She couldn't talk for a couple of days. She was actually unconscious for a couple of days after the stroke Um, and I remember sitting there in the hospital every other day, which was a half hour drive from me. And I really couldn't afford that at the time, but God enabled and provided for me. And I was able to do that. Um, and just, I remember sitting at her side in the hospital for, it was either one month or two months every other day. I think it was 
I don't know, but it was a long time. And I remember sitting there by her side at the hospital, praying over her, singing over her, reading scripture to her, everything. And when, you know, I prayed that she would um, be able to speak again and, you know, basically that God would heal her. And so um, she was unconscious and unable to speak for two days. And then she started coming out of it. But she was completely paralyzed on one side. She couldn't speak like she used to. That eventually came back a little bit, um, quite a bit actually. But um, it, I think it affected her brain too because um, she started declining in, in uh, I don't want to say mental health, but like her memory function, her memory. She had more memory loss and she eventually developed uh, Alzheimer's. So anyway, um, she was unable to finish filling out that book with her memories. Like I said, she had gotten it about half done. And so I was grateful for what she had been able to fill out. And, you know, I, I can't remember. I think my dad asked me to look at it. And it's his mother, you know, even though she and I were, I, she was my best friend. And my grandma was his mother. And so I'm like, of course. And so I think that's how it happened. It, it's been so long ago. I kind of don't remember totally, but I think that's why he had the book. And I was like, of course, I thought he just wanted to see the beautiful memories she had left. And I forgot all about it, honestly, for a while. Well, what, the best, one of the best Christmas gifts I ever had was, um, that kind of, I, I had forgotten all about that book for a little while you know, life goes, you get busy. And I would think of it occasionally with fond memories of what my grandma had written and everything. But, you know, I didn't want to, like, I wanted my dad to have his time with it because that was his mother, especially. And so at Christmas, I opened this gift from my father and it's this book that I had gotten for her and she had begun filling out. But when she had her massive stroke, she wasn't able to finish it, filling it out for me or for us. It wasn't just for me. It was for all of us. And I opened the book and where my grandmother had left off writing, my father's handwriting picked up. And it, what had happened was my father had sat with her and asked her those questions for me and written all of her answers in the whole rest, the whole last half of the book. And let me tell you, I cried. That was such a beautiful gift. And I, my son got me a super beautiful gift one time too. Well, more than one time, but one that I especially remember. But this was one of my best gifts ever. So, you know, that to me is what the holidays should be about is, you know, giving in a way that will be a blessing to others, you know. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, giving someone a shirt or socks or, you know, I, I'm... I'm a girl, I love, I'm a lady now, but I love clothes, you know, but there's something just so special about something that, you know, you like that, that you put so much thought and care and time into, and you know, it's meaningful. And it's just, I mean, there's no better gift in the world than something like that, you know? Um, and so unfortunately, a lot of us spend lots of time around the holidays spending money that we don't have trying to buy gifts for people to please them or to make them happy, whether we can afford it or not. And I think a lot of times that brings a lot of extra, a lot of extra financial stress on people, certain families. And I think that a lot of times 
there are financial stresses and issues in families, especially in families where domestic violence is present. Um, the top three issues, according to my research over the years, and I haven't researched it this recently in the past couple of years, but before that, the top three issues that I see that most married couples argue about are finances, sex, and child children, like how to raise children, how to discipline the children. Those are the top three issues. I don't know if they've changed, but those used to be the top three issues that couples, married couples would argue about. And so as you can see, finances is right up there, one of the top number one issues that couples fight about. So when an abuser is stressing about finances, who do you think he's going to take it out on? His victim, right? I mean, it's only logical. Not a good thing. I'm not condoning it at all in the least. Um, but it just is a logical, natural progression of thought that, you know, unfortunately, um, if you're stressed, you, you may take it out on someone else and, um, hopefully you don't, but you could, I mean, we're all human. We do that sometimes, but in the case of abuse where it's severe, you know, it can get really bad. And so around the holidays, um, financial stress can really trigger a lot worse episode, um, as if there is such a thing, because any episode of violence is bad as it is in and of itself. Um, but it, it can exacerbate the situation having financial stress on top of everything else, or maybe it's the cause of all the stress, but for whatever, whichever the case may be, um, stress around holidays. It could be stress about finances. It could be stress about family relationships. I know in my case, I was always excited to see my extended family members, but I was always super nervous as well because nothing ever went right. There was always some drama and it inevitably got blamed on me, whether it was my fault or not. And sometimes it was my fault and sometimes it wasn't. Most of the time it wasn't, but sometimes it was. And so I honestly, like, I had these mixed feelings about going to see my extended family over the holidays because it was extremely stressful. I mean, extremely stressful because there wasn't one time that there wasn't something bad that happened and it almost always got blamed on me. And, um, you know, even my sister's counselors, counselor years ago told me that you know, I was the child being scapegoated by both sides of my family and um, that that often happens in a divorce where there's one child such as myself who's the only child from the mother, their mother and their father. And that's what I was and that's what I still am. Even after having discovered, um, having discovered a long lost sibling a couple of summers ago, um, we only have one parent in common, but she has, one of her parents is not my parent. So we have the same father, but she has a different mother. And so I'm still to this day, the only child from both my mother and my father. And, you know, so the counselor was like, um, that often happens and you are the definition of the redheaded stepchild. And ironically, I am a redhead. So, um, I didn't even know what that meant till a few years ago, that phrase, the redheaded stepchild. But yeah, um, so the holidays can cause a lot of stress and can induce and trigger 
a violent or abusive episode, unfortunately. Whether it's stress about finances, like kids be stressed. For me, it was stressful being so nervous about going to see my extended family, knowing that every time I went there, something bad happened. Like, you know, and, and it's lonelier nowadays. Um, thankfully, my one son still comes around during the holidays, thank God. But I mean, that's it. And, you know, it's a lot st- less stressful just a little lonely, but it's a lot more peaceful. I'll tell you that. And I'm not being blamed for everything anymore like I used to be, which that part is nice. I do miss my family though. And I pray for them and wish them well and hope they're well all the time. Um, But for my own health, you know, it's better for me to not have to be around all that stress around the holidays, you know, even though it can be really lonely at times, it does get really lonely sometimes. Uh, excuse me, I was getting a drink of water. So around the holidays can be um, and is often, unfortunately, a time where, um, you know, stress can induce a perpetrator into an incident of abuse of his victim. Um, I've been divorced 12 years now. I've been divorced since 2010, Um, but I actually stayed married to my abusive ex-husband for seven years after he suffocated and strangled me. Um, I had left him right afterwards, Um, and people don't understand that. People are like, wait a minute, if he really strangled you, why did you go back to him? Because they don't understand because they haven't been through it. That's a very good question, Um, but... There's a lot I've shared on other podcast episodes that goes on nuances of domestic violence that people don't realize. And um, I'll tell you to this day, it's hard for me sometimes not to feel and be jealous of him because he has a great relationship with my younger son who doesn't speak to me any longer. He is very well off financially now. Um, You know, I pay my bills, but I'm definitely nowhere near as financially well off than he as he is. He has a house in the United States. He has a hotel in Mexico. He has a house in Mexico. At least this is what I've heard over the years from my children, from our children, you know? And so it's hard for me not to sometimes be jealous of him and like, you know, why did I go back to him after he strangled me? It's a lot. It's a long story, which will have to be another podcast episode, I guess. But um, just because I went back to him doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Um, Because there's a police report and everything. And I know what happened and God knows what happened. And um, why would I lie about that? Like, it's embarrassing. I don't like anyone knowing that, honestly. But Why do I share about it publicly? Because that's what God has called me to do. God has called me to swallow my pride and share my story and my testimony because God can comfort others with the same comfort he's comforted me. Um, But when my ex-husband strangled and suffocated me, it was November 23rd, 2003. And so it has literally 
two days ago was the anniversary of that for me. And praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. I am free as a bird. And God has delivered me from that oppression of my abusive ex-husband. And I'm very grateful for that. Now, don't get me wrong. He wasn't all bad. But um, <laughs> there's not enough good to overcome a husband strangling his wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but I'm just a very forgiving person. A little too forgiving sometimes, I think. Um, but anyway, um, at least for myself. That's my children. It's a little different story, but you know, my little mama bear comes out. But as you can see, November 23rd, 2003, um, was when my ex-husband strangled and suffocated me, but God saved me and I survived. And you know what? It was a holiday. It was right before or right on or right near Thanksgiving. That was a Thanksgiving holiday. It was a holiday. And, um, I remember holidays were always super stressful. And um, unfortunately, there are a lot of couples out there and families that don't have a beautiful, perfect home inside closed doors. And um, if some of the husbands are like mine was, they're telling their wives, you don't tell anybody what goes on behind our closed doors. That's nobody's business. And if you do, then you're disobeying God. Guess what, sister? No, you're not. You're not disobeying God. He's disobeying God by abusing you. And um, that's called displacing the blame or blame shifting. He's taking his own responsibility for at fault, being at fault and blaming you when it's really he is the one who to, to blame because he is making a choice. He's choosing to abuse you, as I've said repeatedly on this podcast episodes. So holidays can cause a lot of stress, which can unfortunately lead to or make it more possible, more plausible, or easier to happen for an abusive incident to happen. So please, please, please be careful around the holidays. Um, you know, someone who's already feeling stress can just feel even more stress and just kind of lose it, lose control, lose their temper and whatnot, what have you. Um, so anyway, um, I pray that you are safe this holiday season, that you are being blessed, that God is protecting you and keeping you and your children and your loved ones safe. And I hope that if you're not safe, that you will get to a place of safety, whether it's your local YWCA Young Women Christian Association, um, a homeless shelter, which sometimes you can get to through a YWCA, whether you call the National Center for Domestic Violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, whether you go to a friend's but or a family member, somewhere where you can be safe. Um, and I hope and pray that God blesses you during this holiday season as we prepare as Christ followers to celebrate God's ultimate Christmas gift to us, which was sending his son, Jesus Christ, to earth, to this planet where we live in the flesh, as a human being, flesh and blood, to experience being human so he can relate to us, which he does. The Bible says he relates to us in everything, 
because he lived on this planet as a human being, making his one and only son human, changing his form of God into humanity, and then Jesus living here and being willing to sacrifice himself. He, he could have stepped off that cross, but he chose not to. Sacrificing himself so that we can live with him forever and worship God in heaven and be with Jesus and worship them forever in heaven with the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it, um, and be with them eternally. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for making that sacrifice for us, for loving us so much, for caring about us and loving us so much and just taking on our sins when you were perfect and without sin. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray you stay safe and your loved ones stay safe and your children stay safe. I love you, but more importantly, Jesus loves you more. Until next time, Merry Christmas and Happy Thanksgiving.